My name is Tony, and I was in a cult for over a decade. And my name is Lindsay, and my sister was in a cult for over a decade. And now I'm out. Lindsay and my family helped get me out, and we have created a podcast. Playing in Traffic. We interview survivors of the Wimscog. We cover topics of healing and topics of all things about cults. So tune in, like, subscribe, whatever all that means, and enjoy the process of deconstruction. Welcome to Playing in Traffic. This is our disclaimer song. This is our disclaimer song. It's our opinion. Don't sue us. Don't sue us. If you didn't want us to make a podcast about you, then you probably shouldn't have started a religion where you brainwashed people and separated them from your family, so it's kind of your fault. But don't sue us. Don't sue us. You know who you are, so don't do it. Don't sue us. Oh, thank you. And we're live. We're live. Recording we're live in action from Denver, Colorado and LA, California. Is that where you are? Yes. Yes. All I'm right. Hi guys. Welcome to our podcast. Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. Happy New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve. We gotta, we're not going to tell you who our special guest is for the whole time. I'm just <laughs> we have a very special guest today. We have Jordan with us from LA and we actually met him through YouTube. He has a lot of really cool YouTube videos that he put out there and he was really brave and he put his story out there and um, helped a lot of people. Like everybody that I talked to, they all mentioned Jordan, that Jordan's videos helped them and, um, so we're really excited to talk to him today. So everybody, yeah. welcome Jordan. Yeah, thanks Jordan. Thanks for being here with us today. I'm very, uh, very excited for this. Um, yeah. You know, you, you guys do great work. You know, I have, uh, I have, I don't know you guys, um, you remember Tony, my, my aunt actually reached out to you, my auntie. Oh, she, did. she was one and of the first ones. Yeah, yeah, she loves it. So um, I'm excited for her to hear this one as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, she's a, she's nice. a big fan of this of this podcast. I, awesome. Every time every time an episode comes out, it's like, um, I'm like, Auntie, hey, did you did you listen to it? And we're talking <laughs> like we're on the phone for like an hour plus talking oh, about it. Just you know, cool. it's really love- it's been really good. I love that it's opening up conversations for us too. Like at Christmas time, people were like, wow, talking about this and that. Things right. that we would never talk about before openly. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it's just the, the way the way you put it, because I mean you you were in the church for a long time, you know, 10 plus years. And you have a you have you have a perspective and a view on the church that we all like we all share the exact same, like we all went through the exact same thing. You know, so it's like the way, but the way you put it in, like in your, in your episodes, it's just like, I told my auntie, it's, it's, she explains it so well. Mm-hmm. She put, she puts it together so well, the way you, the way you talk about it, the words you use, like, even though, you know, we're, we're not, you know, really saying the name of the church, but everybody knows who it is. Right. <laughs> you know? You can't hide. <laughs> you can't, exactly. So it, it's, it's been really, it's been really cool. It's, it's um for the past for the you know for the past like year year and a half I really haven't put out any videos 
Um, but this has definitely uh, revived my uh, fervor to help people, you know, because I get I get emails every every now and then. I'll get you know a, a DM on Instagram or something like that, and uh, sometimes yeah, I I got that feeling like I kind of just want to put this in the past, but. When the more I talk about it, the more I'm able to know that I'm helping people. It actually it's like therapy to me. You know, it's that's that's what it is. It's it's therapy to me. It feels healing to to be able to just talk about it, and not just put it away in the past, but to actually um express your feelings and you know um you know, talking about your experiences and things like that. I think it's a healing, it's a healing process that, yeah. you know, I'm going to be going through for a long time, you know, unfortunately right. I was in this place for, right. I was in this place for 15 years, you know, so right. it's, it's going to yeah, be. Tell us about your story. Tell yeah, us for people that you know. I'm excited to have you on because I feel like you have such a unique experience. Oh, yeah. Not that many people can say. So I'm like so happy to have you on. I'm so excited to hear. Yeah. <laughs> so How old it, were you when you were baptized? I was like five or six when I was about mm. so I, wow. I have I mean from the time I was like you know five six years old up until my early 20s mm. uh, you know becoming a group leader in in the in the LA branch I mean there, there's so much that happened in between <laughs> uh, last night earlier this morning I was just trying to type up some notes you know because there's just so much like mm-hmm. I, I don't want to miss anything you know it's just it's just so much that happens. I mean, it all started when, because we lived in, we used to live in Inglewood. That's where uh, my family's from. That's where they've been, you know, in the 80s and the 90s. You know, we're, we're from Inglewood. Um, we're shopping. We're doing some Sunday shopping. Me, uh, my grandmother, and my brother, we're doing some Sunday shopping. You know, we're at the swap meet. You know, we're just, we're just chilling, you know. It's a regular day. Oh. And all of a sudden, this lady, I mean, it's, lady changed the course of history mm. she approached she approached like we're about to get in the car we were about to leave and we're about to be on our way <laughs> this lady starts running and mm. approaches approaches us with her own two kids she had two daughters um and she started she started preaching right she started preaching to my grandmother and we were standing there for maybe like 10 15 minutes you know me and my brother were we're uh, talking to her two daughters, you know, they're giving us like these balloons and stuff. They're pretty cool, pretty cool people. Um, and yeah, that that really that really set everything off. You know, once that happened, um, you know, we would start first. We we didn't go to the we didn't go to the church right away um, like how it is now. We first started going because the church was probably like an hour, an hour and a half away from where we were. So. We started going to their house and like, uh, what a coincidence! They lived down the street from us, huh. and we started going to this lady's house. And <laughs> her her husband was a deacon, was a deacon in the church, and so we would go there. It was like every night we were going over there. Um, you know, me and my brother were just sitting there, we're playing Nintendo sixty four with her with their daughters, and I just remember my grandmother just being in the kitchen you know they're studying the bible for hours you know hours we're there all night you know jordan did you guys go to did you guys go to church before that that you remember uh i mean yeah we we actually we actually did go to some churches um it was like i recall you know with, with it being so long ago i recall going to the great western forum 
and going to the, one of those like televised churches. Wow. You know, it was one of those like big ones, like because we lived across the street from the Great Western Forum, like where the Lakers used to play. Okay. We used to live like right there. And we went, yeah, we went there a couple of times. Okay. And I just remember, like, you know, uh, I see, I saw a kid playing his like Game Boy, and I was like, oh, I want to play my Game Boy too. Yeah. Oh, whatever. But continue, <laughs> continuing on, um, yeah, what one one Saturday it was like, all right, we're going to the church, and we're driving, we're going in on Timbuktu, you know, we're going, I don't know where we're going, we're driving, we're just, I'm a kid, I'm just sitting in the back, you know, um, I have my little Yu-Gi-Oh cards, you know, I'm just. <laughs> I'm just a kid, you know, we're, we don't know where we're going. And my, I, I recall my grand, my, my, my grandmother saying, uh, she, she didn't re- like, she was like, where are we going? Like, where are we? <laughs> um, the church was located in Sunland, California at the time, uh, which is, uh, it's, it's not, it's not like a city, you know, it's, it's more like a, a smaller, like a, a smaller town type thing. Um, so we get there. And we're immediately, it was after first service. I remember it was early afternoon. It was like around 11, it was like 12 o'clock we got there. And we were greeted by the uh, the deacon who's been studying with my grandmother. He was at the entrance, like waiting for us, like hands behind his back, everything. Just, you know, I've been been waiting for you, you know. (laughs) The church was very small back then. It was was very small. Um, So we got out the car. And I can't, it's hard to remember exactly what happened after that. But, you know, I meet the children, you know, I meet the other kids there. And then we walk into this room and we're getting baptized. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At the time, I, I'm like, okay, like, I didn't really know what baptism was. I'm like, you know, six years old. I don't really know. I'm just going with the flow. Mm-hmm. And so we're getting baptized and. I just hear that I keep hearing the name An Sang Hong, so I'm like, oh, that's how you say God in Chinese or something. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what a Korean was. <laughs> I'm like, all I know is like Jackie Chan and you know, <laughs> Jet Li. <laughs> um, so yeah, I kept, I kept hearing, I kept hearing that name An Sang Hong, and you know, we we because at the time you couldn't attend a you couldn't attend a service without being baptized. Right. So as soon as we got there, we got baptized so that we can attend the afternoon worship service. And yeah, I just remember it, the church at the time. It was like, it was like sixty to seventy members. It was like ninety percent Korean, you know. Um, so even like for 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 a short time at that time, the sermons were they were actually in Korean. Mm. They were in Korean, and we had to have an English translator. Because the majority of the church. What year were you baptized? That was uh, July of 2003. Wow. So I think when the church came from Korea to America, didn't it go to New York and then it went to L.A. first? It went to L.A. first. But L.A. is different than Sunland? No, no, no. Uh, So Sunland... That that's that was uh, first LA. That's the first LA. Okay, that's what I thought. Right. So first, right. when the when so from Korea, they you know from east to west, furthest right. west was LA. So right. to fulfill their prophecy, then they came to LA first. They started a um, house church in Koreatown. Okay. And so from Koreatown, they moved to an office church. From from the office church in Koreatown, then they moved to an actual uh, church building in Sunland. So you were part of like the very pretty much the beginning of yeah. like 
the church work in America. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. at the time when when I joined, it was only LA, like the first LA branch, the San Diego branch was just started as a house church. Like they just started. And then New York. Those those were like the three main like only uh locations of the church at the time. Right. So over the years I I I saw like the, the growth and everything, but Right. But yeah, I, during the during the church service, like the first service I ever attended, I still remember distinctly because they started speaking Korean at the like the the prayer of our wish was in Korean as well. Like everybody was singing in unison, and <laughs> me and my kid self, I'm like, everybody speaks Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it, it was very interesting, very interesting, you know. Um, I had, like I said, I had my Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I had got rebuked, uh, for having them. <laughs> like, this is from Satan. Like, oh man, it was, as a kid back then, it was, it was very different. It was very different. Um, you know, from back in those early years, it was, it was very strict during service times. Like it was very strict. You couldn't, I mean, you you had to sit up straight. You know, we had our own separate room in the back for the children. You had to sit up straight. You know, you had to take notes. Um, you know, it was it was like you're telling these, like, you know, children, even the, down to, like, the, the toddlers and the, and the babies, like, they have to stay up. You know, they have to be quiet. You know, it's you're asking a lot for from children <laughs> right they're 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 in their view they're they want the children to worship god yes like to and actually and to learn how to worship god from the time that they're born it's a, so you can get your blessings right you know, it's children for the children's blessing so it yes. really puts a lot of pressure on the parents to like be strict to the children <laughs> and also the also the teachers because the teachers are in charge of the children and if you know the children are acting up, then the teachers are. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. They they'll get rebuked if uh-huh. you know the children aren't are you know. So they so we it was it was one it was one phrase where it was just beat into our our heads as children. It was I still remember it. I mean, it applies to all members of the church, but it was hold on to your crown. Mm. It, I remember that being like just engraved in our in our in our brains like hold on to your crown like from when we were children you know don't lose your spot in heaven hold on to your crown and that was the basis of you know from being a a kid that was the the, that was the basis of in my young faith hold on to your crown i want even as a kid i'm gonna do it i'm you know i have this pressure on me now to hold on to my crown (laughs) because the big thing was you want to be part of the hundred one hundred forty four thousand and they were teaching that to everybody it didn't matter how old you were they were saying oh even babies can be a part of the one you remember that they were saying even babies can be a part of the one hundred forty four thousand right like okay my logic is not like fully developed you know, I, <laughs> but I, I okay, whatever, <laughs> right. but that, that was, that was the, that's, that's how everybody that is. Goal. That was the yeah. goal, to be that was the goal. especially back in the very beginning. I feel like especially. as time went on, it sort of like, you it know, kind of got diluted. Know. That message got right. diluted. Got diluted. That's a perfect word for it. Yep. You know, but back then it was like, it was even on our new songbooks, only for the right. 144,000. Like, that was right. even 
songbooks. And then later on, they revised it and they they took that verbiage off the new songbook. But that was that was a thing. That was I remember that being the message over and over and over. Hold on to your crown. You want to be one hundred forty-four thousand. You know that. And when I was in, there was you know. There were more than 144,000 members already from, you know, from the Korean member base. There were a lot and a little bit of the, I think it was maybe a little bit over like 300,000 or something like that, with the majority of them being Korea. Um, So I, I just, yeah, back then it was, it's kind of euphoric thinking about it, thinking about that time. It was, I was interested in, I was introduced into Korean culture. Um <clears throat> Uh, it was, it's, it was, it's weird. Cause back then, well, to give you like perspective now, like from as recently as when I left the church in 2018, the kids, they were, they were on a strict like uh curriculum. They were, they were on a strict regimen, you know, class time, you know, all this stuff, you know, watching the church videos back then, the only real like strict time was during service in between I was bringing movies from home. We we're watching Pokemon. We we're watching, you know. <laughs> wow, we that would watching, never happen now. Yeah, yeah. We we're watching like Scooby Doo, like. <laughs> right. They kind of left you guys alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in between, it was cool. Like you know, you had the adult members, of course. They were they were like uh, preaching practice and all that stuff. But us kids, like. Um, yeah, we, we were like, hanging out with your friends. Yeah, we we're hanging out with our friends. Uh, yeah. with, you know, so, some restrictions are still there, of course. Right. Like, bring anything, you know, any toy, no toys or no video games or nothing like that. But we were actually allowed to, like, you know, watch some cool cartoons in between, which would never happen. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> they would. They would never allow that today. Yeah. Uh, but I, while while I say it was um, a still a traumatic experience being a kid in the church you know you know even with like the nightmares like i would have so many nightmares even even as a kid the pastor at the time had us thinking the world was going to end tomorrow like that's how he preached he, it was um yeah it was very very uh very traumatic very, very scary yeah. because i would just over and over and over i would have these like these dreams as as a six seven year old now um yeah, it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy because no kid really goes through that. Children are supposed to have a normal childhood. You know, they're supposed to you know go to school, do their homework when they come home. You know, spend time with their family, play you know play outside with the kids, and have a normal life. But just looking back at it, talking about it, um, even as I even as I was typing up my notes earlier today and last night, just thinking how I was like I was robbed of most of that like i was during holidays i was put in a separate classroom i couldn't participate in anything like no matter what like halloween thanksgiving came around christmas came around easter i was put in a separate classroom i was doing some like other like worksheets or something you know math worksheets or something like that they're having like a christmas they're having yeah while they're having like yeah ice cream so it is is definitely it, it built it, i mean even at such a young age you know it, it built a lot i would say it built a lot of character in me <laughs> you know because right. i was you endured you know, a lot 
Yeah, you suffered, you suffered a, lot. a lot, and now I feel like you can do anything. Look at everything you've been through. Now, now I have my five-year-old son, and I'm every day I'm thankful, you know, that he doesn't have to live the life that I that that I did. And I'm not saying that I lived some terrible life, but it's just something children should not go through. Period. The 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 mental the mental side of it, you know, something you shouldn't be teaching children that the world is going to end. You should hold on to your crown. You, you're being pressured, you know, to become the one, one of the 144,000. That's, that's not something to put on a child. That's for sure. Do you feel like sure. as, your, uh, as your son gets to the age that you began it, like it's kind of re-triggering? Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, his, I, like, innocence now, and you're thinking of, like, what you had to go through with yeah, that. I'm thinking about it now that, you know, he's, like, he turned five back in July, so... He's around that same age where I first joined the church. And I, I think about it so often. Mm. So often I look at him. I'm like, just uh, just last week where he was opening up Christmas presents. Yeah. And I was, I, it was amazing. I was like, he gets to experience this. Yeah. Um, without, without, feel, without feeling that he's disobeying God. <laughs> right. Without fear you know? or without shame. Fear. Mm. So all that started in, when you first joined the church that fear that pressure the all that started and it was it just became more intense as the years went on um moving into like around 2007 to like onwards to like 2010 i was in middle school and so that was a different time as well so i'm growing up you know i'm getting a little bit older and i'm you know we're still in the church and i'm like you know, I can't listen to music. I can't listen to this other music. So a lot of the times throughout like middle school and high school years, I was in conflict with myself, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm going through puberty. I'm feeling these certain types of hormones. I'm like going through this, all this stuff. Like I'm all normal, totally normal, totally normal. Normal. And I'm, and I'm told to suppress everything, <laughs> everything I am supposed to suppress. I can't do, I I can't do anything. I, I'm just, it's going to school. Um, me and my brothers, uh, most nights during the school nights, stayed home, and my grandmother went preaching, like, every night. It was, we either we were staying home or we were going to church with her, and we were staying in the church while she was out preaching. That was life. That was life. There were no... There were no like vacations. There were no... <laughs> uh, I mean, every once in a while, you know... Um, we would go to like a a theme park, you know, every once in a while we would do something fun. And that was fun. That was really fun. You know, doing those types of things. Uh, you know, go to the movies, all that good stuff. But that was very rare. That was very rare. Most of the nights it was just grandma's grandmother's going preaching. All right, we're we gotta, you know, we're either sitting at home, you know, uh, or we're sitting at, at church at Zion, <laughs> just waiting for her to finish. And that was that was life. I mean, it was just over and over and over. You know, I, no, no Sabbaths were missed. No third day worships were missed at all. Like we were there 110%. Jordan, and is your older or younger than you? He's younger than me. He's younger. Yeah, he's wow. younger than me. Wow. So uh, did you feel like you needed to protect him or like um, shield him or help him when you guys are in the church or did, were you guys like stay together a lot in the church? Or? Um, we when when we first joined yeah we were together a lot and then when i went to when i uh, moved on from elementary school to middle school um 
we got separated because they have the kids group. They called it the the Rainbow Sabbath group or whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then the from middle school, the middle school and high school students were all together. And that was the student group. That was that was called the student group. And during that time was when I when that was when I actually first learned how to uh, teach the sermons, the subjects. During that early, like I was like 11, 12 years old, and um, we were we were going through like a regiment, like a you know we were we were doing preaching practice. We had our own like horse class and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So that from I want to say like 2007, that's when I first started really understanding the the nit and gritty of what we believe in. Because before that, it was I believe in father, mother, Aung San Hong, you know, holidays. It was, you know, whatever we, whatever I, I could absorb in the, in the sermons during, during the services. And that was pretty much it. But now as I'm in middle school and in the student group, now we're, we have actual like teachers, like teaching us like uh, the course classes, you know? Um, so that was when I, I, I first, I first started really understanding or like uh, uh, learning how to uh, teach about what we believe in, and Did that was teaching. I was, it was like whatever to me. I mean, it's just expected, time, so you just yeah, do it. It's kind of robotic, yeah. yeah. It's like a robotic thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Very robotic. It's a good word <laughs> to use in this context. That we became very robotic, and. Yeah, that was that was an interesting time as well. Um, it was weird. I don't they don't do it now, but at the time, the student group, we were actually allowed to go out like preaching, and that was like weird because you have these like eleven, twelve year olds, you know, fifteen, sixteen, and we're trying to like go out preaching, and then we, that quickly got shut down because. You know, a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of our neighbors and a lot of like uh, people were like, you got the you have, you have these like young kids like going out like trying to recruit people like, yeah. so they shut that down pretty quick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I respond to that being a yeah. <laughs> that was that was an interesting time. Um, but yeah, around that time that that was the time where it was really um, taught and uh, banged to everyone banged into everyone's heads that social media was of Satan. That was the time when it was like, if you had a MySpace, you have to delete it. I had a MySpace, you know, <laughs> growing up like as a, a kid in middle school. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I knew of like other members too, like even the older ones that are, I was pretty cool with that had a MySpace. And I remember even, it was like a, we were like, we were like in a group one time. We we're just talking. I'm I'm a kid. I'm hanging around the adults, you know. And I just, I just hear, I just, I just remember someone at the table just getting like rebuked so hard for having a MySpace. Mm. And I remember, I remember him saying, oh, even like um, later on, like when Twitter came out, the same person said, oh, Twitter is of, uh, this is what he said. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember exactly like how it went, how it was said, but the Pope has Twitter. That means Satan is on Twitter. <laughs> you know, the the Pope has social media, so why would you want a social media account? I feel like you know? I remember that also. I remember that also. <laughs> the Pope has a Twitter, so why would you want to, you know, Satan is right there. 
right. <laughs> so it was like it was that was a big thing back in those days when social media was on the uprise. You know, the church didn't know how big social media would even be, even right. to now where they're even using social media now right. to promote their messages and stuff like that. But back then it was like, nope, it was like a foregone conclusion. Like you, if you're, if you want to be a child of God, if you want to be, if you want to go to heaven, delete it. <laughs> you know, there was no, there was no playing around with that. Right. Also around that time, it was, it was ramping up the 10 talent movement. Hmm. Everybody was involved in that, even children. Ooh, yeah, true. <laughs> like you know, us in the in the student group, hmm. you know, like deep down inside, I didn't want to admit at the time, but I kind of felt like a little weird telling people about what I believe in, even as I was in middle school. Totally but, normal. I don't think that middle schoolers are supposed to be out evangelizing. I don't think that's like a natural thing for a 12 or 13 year old to do. Like it was totally normal for you to feel like that. Like they they were telling you, you know, you got to preach to your, your classmates. You got to, you got to preach to your teachers. Yep. And And you you feel so guilty that they say that their blood is on your hands. Yeah. You're exactly. You don't if you don't um, like, give them a chance to hear the message. What if you're the only chance that that person has to hear the exactly. message? Exactly. And then it's your and fault. You just let them walk by and then it's your fault. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was a big message too. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was, that was huge in what yeah. we built in as it pertained to like preaching. Um, so I'm in middle school. I'm, I'm like, I'm just trying to live. I'm just trying to be a normal student. You know, I have a few friends, you know, they, but Around that time, like, I probably only told, told, like, one or two people, you know, about, like, you know, trying to preach to them and just telling them about the church or whatever. But I didn't want to, I didn't want to bother anybody. I didn't want to, you know, it just, it wasn't in me. Like, but, and that, that kind of, like, tortured my, my spirit. It tortured me because I didn't have, like, the courage, you know, to preach and, you know, all this other stuff. And... Yeah, that that was that was that was crazy because moving into my high school years during high during the beginning of high school, I want to say I got I got pretty rebellious. You know, I was <clears throat> like again, I'm 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 in this conflict with my inner self. You know, I'm transitioning into the person I'm going to be, you know, as an adult and I'm still st- I'm still stuck you know, in conflict with myself all the time, you know, the worrying about if I'm, you know, doing God's will, you know, worrying about all this other stuff. I, I played football in high school for a couple of years. Um, and, you know, I was, you know, being a little rebellious, you know, I got a girlfriend for like the first yeah. time and, you know, all that, all that, you know, good stuff as a teenager. Yeah. And I would, good for you. <laughs> so I tried, I tried living a more normal, normal like life, yeah. but as time got closer, like to around 2011 to um, 2012, things got really like spicy in the church. Yeah. <laughs> I want to say things got really spicy because at the end of, I want to say at the end of either 2010 or 2011, there was a huge exodus of people who left the church there was a huge there was a huge exodus of people who left um, even the la church itself 
And these were members like a missionary, like a missionary left. He he quote unquote fell away from the church. You said so, 2011? Yeah, I think it was it was the end of I think it was the end of 2011. Okay. Yeah, it was it was the end of 2011, and things were just getting like I could feel the 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 pressure like ramping up. It's getting close to 2012. You know, I didn't I didn't mention this a little earlier, but even as like the one of the student members, I was really close with the um, student leader. He was um, he had he went to Korea like a couple times. You know, we would we would um, we would go on play. We would go early Sunday morning. We'll go to the park and play basketball, and then we would do like preaching practice later on. You know, so I was really close with this guy, and he was very like he was he was a stout member. He was he was he was strong in the faith, and that's how I heard the 2012 prophecy. It was through him, because um, we were we were very close, and he one one night after like a third um a evening worship we were you know i was in zion i was cleaning you know the the normal thing members do when they, after third day uh, after uh evening worship they stay around they clean and yeah, then you can't it, leave after like <laughs> service you it's have looked to down upon it's, it's yeah. looked down upon if you leave right after you gotta you do something you, <laughs> you can leave but you know psychologically you can't for the strong for the strong like members like you were you were mostly staying around you were you know, cleaning, you were, you know, preaching practice, whatever. Uh, but you were, you were still there for like an hour or two longer after the mm-hmm. evening worship ended. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those, it was one of those evenings when the regular members had left, like the, the, um, the run of the mill members, you know, the, the ones who just came for the services, you know, they just left. And we were in the study room together and he told me about the, the 2012 prophecy. <clears throat> and, I wasn't surprised. Like, <laughs> I wasn't surprised when I heard. I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I've been hearing that the world is gonna end, you know, for who knows how long, you know. And now they have a year to it, I guess, you know. Um, you know, we we were always taught like nobody knows, nobody knows a day or time, but it doesn't say year. It doesn't say nobody knows a year. <laughs> 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 so I I remember that, but. Around that, it was around that same time when there was a huge exodus of members that had left, and like I um, like I was mentioning earlier, it was like a, a missionary, um, a few deacons, um, a deaconess, uh, and then other members as well who were in the church for a considerable amount of time. Um, so when that happened, it was like people were leaving. It was either you left or you were staying in the church and your your faith kind of grew from that point you know there was only two ways or or the or like in somewhere in the middle there were there were some members who did stay but they were like eh, like they were they were kind of on the fence from that point from that point on so when that happened it was like man like i've known this missionary i've known these deacons and deaconesses since i was like a child like these people were like the foundation of the LA church. They were they were the ones recruiting everybody who's here now. Like it was it was pretty insane. It was pretty insane. Like I remember that I still remember the that day very clearly because it was it was a Sabbath day after the morning worship. Every like all the the like the student members, the youth, everybody was gathered into the small sanctuary, packed like sardines. 
and we have our pastor up there telling everybody, yeah, do not speak to these people. They're, you know, they're, they're now of Satan, you know, they deny mother, you know what I mean? So it was we had that same exact meeting in Denver yeah, about yeah. that those same people, because those people were also very brave and they went on YouTube and they told their story a little bit and the church did not like that. Right. So, exactly. You know, all over the world. I think they gathered everybody and like, did like damage control. Yeah, you know? they did a lot of damage control. Made a lot of rumors about them, <laughs> said some bad things about them, and we believed them. Most definitely. Yeah. And my grandmother was like besties, mm. <laughs> one of the deaconesses. Mm. And she, she, no hesitation, cut off all communication. No hesitation. Wow. wow. No hesitation. Like in this church, like you're you're taught who you, you're you're told who you can talk to. You're told you're, you're they control everything. <laughs> You know what I mean? They they control everything. So when it was when it was heard that that they the like they left and the reason why they left, oh, it was like, yep, they're of Satan. They're spawns of Satan now. Right. <laughs> they're Satan's yeah, workers. Satan got them. Yep. And Satan now got they're them. working for Satan. Yeah. Nothing we could do about that. You know that's right. you know it's right. prophecy. It's prophecy. <laughs> I'm sure she was sad because a lot of members were sort of like mourning them, like oh, almost yeah. as if they had died, almost as there if members. those members had died. And, you know, now they were working for the enemy. So, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It was a very heavy feeling and like everybody felt so sad for them. But right. like you said, cut them off, you know, just yeah, like no, nothing. There were members yeah. that were crying that day. I yep. remember there were, yeah. there were members that were crying that day because it was like, like they died, like literally yeah. they, they you really felt that they died spiritually. Like they were gone. <laughs> there was no way they were going to come back. Do you um, think that members look at us the same way now? Almost definitely. Yeah. That <laughs> most makes me feel so sad because yeah. I would never want to cause them sadness. You know, right, I want them right. to be happy and free. Yeah. It's, it's whenever I, when now, whenever I see a member like at the malls or whatever, it's, I mean, cause they, like a lot of these, like a lot of these people that I still see, like they're preaching in the mall still. Like I've known them for like ten plus years. Like mm-hmm. there's still members in the LA in the LA branch that's been there for upwards of one decade, almost two decades. Like how do they treat you when they see you? Oh, they just they just like they just don't want to even make eye contact with me. It's like oh. they, it's like they that's saw so it's like they saw a ghost when they like lock when they lock eyes with you. Like, <laughs> And they just say hi. How are you? What's yeah, up? Yeah, that's what, what I wanted. Life. That's what I wanted. Hey man, how's it going? You know, how's life? You know, mm-hmm. how's you know, how's everything? You know, going with you? You know, that's what I want to do. But it's painful. It yeah, hurts. It, yeah. it definitely is. Definitely is. Yeah. Speaking about <clears throat> speaking about death, um, I experienced my the I ex, I got to experience. The the first time I I knew of a member who died in the church, mm. and you know that was like you had you keep the Passover. It was like you're safe, you're good, you're good to go. You're not going to experience death. <laughs> in the beginning, we were taught that nobody in the church would ever die. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there were there were two instances, but the one that I was really close to. So going back. To when I first joined, when we first joined the church, I met a boy there, and we were like, we were like best friends. We're you know we were like inseparable. We were like we we're so cool with each other. Um, 
you know, some some nights like after Sabbath, we would be like, hey, can I you know, can we go spend the night over, you know, so and so's house, <laughs> you know, and we would be we would get to, you know, that that was another that was another thing. You know, I had a normal sense of an, uh, a normal a sense of a normal childhood, at, and at those times, like we were, I was able to spend the night over this this guy's house. He was like my my best friend. So we're in middle school together. And he's he's a year younger than me, so he's one grade below me. We get we get picked up from school together. My grandmother picks us up, and you know we're talking about like what we're gonna do when we get when we get to his house. We're going to his house. My grandmother picks us up. We're going over to his house. You're like, yeah, we're gonna you know we're gonna we're gonna build these Legos, or we're gonna we're gonna do this, and we're gonna do that. You know we're gonna you know after we finish our homework, of course. Um, but then we get there, and I always see like he's like ambulance and like a fire truck, and I see one of the missionaries walking out the house, and this boy's mother had died of Aww. she had she had throat cancer, Aww. and it was it was so unexpected like I started crying <laughs> at like cause this 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 uh, she was a deaconess. She was a deaconess in the church. She was one. Of, she was one of the deaconesses who were heavily involved with the children, and she was like my second mother. Like she, this lady was amazing. You know, I would we I would go over to their house um, a lot, and she would you know cook for us. You know, uh, she she was Thai, so she actually she owned a Thai uh, Thai food restaurant, and so she would she would make all this like fire Thai food. Like it was so good. But yeah, like when I, when we when we got there, we found out that that she had passed. I was like, this is not, this wasn't supposed to happen, you know. This, and I see my I see my friend, the 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 mother the the um, the mother's son. Um, I don't want to say his name. He's not in the church anymore, thankfully. But um, he didn't he didn't cry. He was like in shock. But at that time, it was like, yeah, how could this have happened? You know, that was, I want to say that's probably one of the first, one of the first things that entered my mind that was doubt. That did, I, even as like a seventh, eighth grader, that was like really the first uh, doubt that had entered my mind. Like, is this like, what? We were told that nobody was supposed to die, right? right. <laughs> you yeah. know? We were told we were safe. <laughs> I remember Nobody you guys. Dies. I remember Tony's telling me that, and I was like, "I mean, what are you guys? An ultimate dream. You're not gonna die. Yeah, like, you're so happy about that. But that like the world was gonna end right before any of the members died. Right. <laughs> right. right. That's what we were taught. We were gonna go to heaven alive. Yeah. You know, everybody's taught that nobody's gonna die. And okay, so what? What then? So that means the world is gonna end in our lifetime. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> that, that's what that meant you know nobody's gonna experience death and yeah. that means that ultimately means that father is gonna come during our lifetime and it was yeah it was that that part was crazy that that period of time like that that was crazy. what did the church do when she died did they did i don't they... even remember a funeral yeah yeah like i don't even like we didn't even have a funeral for this lady like this was the sweetest lady. <laughs> this we was had a few lady. funerals in Denver. We did have a few funerals. Some members. Yeah, I've I've heard of some members having funerals, but yeah. this one, like her family was in Thailand. Oh. 
she she had married a, a sheriff out mm-hmm. here um before she before she even joined the church um her husband was i mean he would go like once a month maybe to church you know to attend the sabbath so that that was that was like um nearing the end of like my best friend that was like nearing the end of him like going to the church after his mom passed and he wasn't going often you know and then uh later on i want to say maybe five years ago his dad passed away um yeah so i i actually got to reconnect with him um i want to say right before the pandemic started so like he almost two years ago we reconnected and that was really cool because he was like he was like my guy like we were we would talk about everything together you know we he was like my he was it was like us two you know we're always doing stuff together so it was really cool to reconnect with him and he doesn't really like talking about the the church stuff you know because in all of our in all of us kids who grew up in it like it's it's really like, you don't want to you know you know you don't even want to talk about it like I know a lot of a lot of um, kids that I grew up with like they don't even want they just want to forget about it like it never like it never happened like it was right. that's how it is and it was it was a i want to say it was about like 10 12 of us you know back then um you know as kids who like grew up in the church but yeah that was a crazy time wow that's that's when like a little bit of doubt like creeped into my head and especially during the the exodus when a lot of members had left in like 2011 that was that was a crazy time as well did you have a lot of nightmares when you found out about the Doomsday 2012 prophecy? Oh, it was even way before that. Yeah. <laughs> way before that. That's it, I mean, like, did you get anxious or were you like, okay? Um. So. So this is so this is what happened around that time. I had I had asked the pastor at my branch if I can start going preaching. I was 15. I was 15 at the time. And at the time, I had grew up to the height that I am now. I was like 6'2". I was 15. I was 6'2". You know, um, you know, I was. I look. I looked. I looked the part. Like I was. I was. Um. I. I dressed well. You know. I was. So he allowed me to go preaching. And I. I remember the first time I ever went preaching. The first time, I went. I. We went over to CSUN. Uh, Cal State University Northridge, which I live very close to right now. I'm like walking distance away from there, and I I remember hearing my preaching partner say, "Oh yeah, we're from the Elohees Club." And I look at him like, "No, we're not. <laughs> we're not. We're not from the Elohees Club. We're not from the Elohim Academy." <laughs> you know, so. In my head, no, we're from, you know, we're from the, the Church of God. And, like, you know, we're not we're not from, you know, we don't have a club here. What are you talking about, man? Like, yeah, in my head, I was thinking. Like that. Yeah, so that I kind of just put in the back of my mind and, like, just locked it away. You know, I didn't really think about it from then on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just remember, like, um, the, that experience, it was just, I just remember him teaching me, yeah, you have to have discernment. You know, you can't preach to these type of people. If you see, you think they look gay, like don't even think about it. Um, if you know if they're smoking a cigarette, don't do it. Like don't, oh, yeah, don't preach. No. You know, so there was like there was like different things where 
there was like a. Once you're out on the field, they're like, here's what we're yeah. doing when we're out. Like these don't, we don't preach to these people. We don't, you know, if they look like this, don't preach to them. So we're we're like, I don't, I'm not thinking about the time. We're like, but now thinking back at it, we're like judging these people. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you they're know, just like, looking for the most productive people that they can bring yeah, into their organization. Like they, have, they want they want the good you know cream of the crop to come in and be productive for them for free exactly. that's all yeah so uh. they 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 care a lot about their their image yes. you know so mm-hmm. whoever you bring in like they want to like i'm gonna say if if they're caucasian and they're like nice handsome caucasian man they're gonna they're gonna go hard on, on him to make sure he's like some uh, a, a leader in within the next year or two. Like, <laughs> you know, so the they, people they want. Yeah, they care a lot about their image. Yeah. Um. So I went preaching. I started going preaching. You know, my my grandmother was like proud of me. You know, like all the the members like, oh yeah, that's so cool. Like, cause I was the only student. I was the only like high school student that was allowed to go preaching. You're giving a good example. Yeah, I was I was like giving all this like praise, like, oh, you're such a good example, brother Jordan. You know, you're you're doing all this great, you know, great work for the church. You're you're making mother happy, you know. <laughs> so I'm like I'm I'm like I'm on this um in terms of like how I feel in my faith, like I'm at an I'm at a high right now. I'm like totally. oh, I'm doing good, you know, I'm like preaching, I had like bore fruit. It gives I, you energy, it makes you feel like alive. Yeah, happy. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I like I like I like bore fruit. I bore my first fruit when going to one of the colleges over here, and I, <laughs> I, I, the member he got baptized and he found out I was 15. He was like, "Wait, what?" He was like, "What? You're 15? Like, no way." Um, and then we went and then I was allowed to during the summer of 2012. I was allowed to go on my first mission trip, my my first short term mission trip. And this was like I'm in summer break, you know. I I um I was able my grandmother was, was able to give me the money to go on the because it was like two hundred and three hundred dollars, you know, paying for food and gas or whatever. Um, I was able to go on my 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 first mission trip to Fresno, and keep in mind like I have never really been out of my little bubble here in LA. Like I never traveled, you know. I probably only gone as far as south as San Diego. <laughs> Never really went anywhere, <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm, we're here in Fresno. Um, is it was my first experience of like a house church, because hmm. I'm, I'm coming from the first LA branch where we're full on building. At this time, we have like 400, 500 plus members in the church. So from when I first joined to like at that time in like 20. 2012 it was a it was a huge growth there was there was a lot of growth so we're doing the mission trip we're in this house church and we're pre we're preaching like from 8 a.m onwards and we have like a a lunch break at like 12 and then we're preaching all the way to like 6 p.m 7 p.m and that was a crazy experience like we like i remember going like it was we were preaching in fresno but every night we were commuting to Bakersfield, which was two hours away. Mm. So every night and every morning we were commuting two hours. This is for two weeks. We were staying at a – we were um, – only only the, the Korean deacon and the deaconess were staying at the house church. 
but they didn't have enough room for us to stay. So we commuted two hours to Bakersfield at a to stay at a member's house, and then two hours in the morning. So it was really intense. It was really really intense. Um, just I remember one uh, when when we preached to some when one of the members preached to somebody, they literally got into the van and were on the way to the house church and they got baptized in the bathtub. Like it it was it was it was a female getting into a van with a group of a, like a bunch of like mo- mostly men in this like in this uh, van that fits like eight people. <laughs> It was a Women, crazy. Women, be careful. Stop getting into vans with people. <laughs> I mean, there, there, we, had like a, we had like a couple sisters in the van, but it was like, yeah. damn, she really did this. Like, she really got right. into the van with us. Right. And we're all like all super happy, you know, or love bombing you know, her. Fair, good fruit. Yeah, yeah. So, wow. also, that was a first, that, that trip was the first time we heard Mother's voice on the phone. Cause she actually called. She she called. We were sitting in. The, it was a Sunday. We just got to the house church, and we were like, you know, coming up with a plan, like where we're gonna preach and all this stuff. And all of a sudden, I just remember, yeah, brothers and sisters, mother called us. You know, she so she's on the phone. I got you know, there's members in there crying their eyes out, like you know, they're, and me, I'm not a crier. I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not very much of an emotional person. The only time where I really cried was when my son was born. Like someone turned on the faucet. I just <laughs> let it all out. That's, that's like really the only situation where I'm, I'm really a, a crier. So I'm like, at that, at that time, like in the back of my head, I'm like, man, like mother, like this lady really has an effect on all these people. And it was it was like in the back of my head I was thinking like that like she really has this effect on these people like they're crying their eyes out and it was it's like the most interesting because it was my first experience hearing her voice you know I never got to visit Korea or anything like that but it was it was like my first time so I it was like a weird feeling like I was you uh, feel God. like you're Moses <laughs> hearing the voice of God yeah that's that's how it that's was. what they compare it to. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so interesting too. Like going up to receive the tablets and hearing God's voice. Most definitely, most definitely. That's that's how it, that's how it, that's how it, that's how it was, you know. And once once she gave us her blessing or whatever, <laughs> put that in quotations. Yeah, once she right. gave us once she gave us her blessing, it was uh, it was game on. Like we were so motivated to yeah. start the mission trip. It was it was um it, in one in. In one uh, perspective, it was a cool bonding moment with a lot of those members. Like I, I grew, I grew close to a lot of those members. Yeah. You know, we grew, we 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 built great friendships through those times. Right. And. Yeah, but then when you see them in the mall, they ignore you. <laughs> yeah, now it's like. And totally that's different. the hard part because you're like, what? I spent 24 hours a day with you, you know, especially on those short-term preaching trips. Like you said, you get bonded. You know, you're like. Yeah. It's like a, you know, it's, so, it's an amazing, strong with like, bond. With three, four people, we're sleeping in sleeping bags. Yes. Like. <laughs> Did you ever go anywhere, like, far with anybody like that? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, we went to Kansas City two times. Yeah, I went to Kansas City two times. <laughs> I don't remember that. Yeah, we went to Wyoming a lot, but Wyoming is pretty close. <laughs> yeah, I didn't tell you. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember any of that. 
Yeah, that was a big thing. Like, if you were going on a mission trip, like, before the mission trip, we fasted for, like, three days. Oh, and, yeah, to ask for blessings. Yeah, to ask for blessings. And I only lasted, like, a day and a half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never lasted three days. I was like, nah, That's man. like, have fun. Go be sleep-deprived for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, preaching yeah, we the s- whole day is really, really hard. I remember the, the shoes I had, I had at the time, because in Fresno, we're, we're in, it was in the summer. And in Fresno, it gets really hot. It's like desert. It gets really hot. And so I remember the the um, the soles or the bottom of my shoe like was melted because oh. it was so it was like 110 plus. Oh, they both praise that though because they say that's yeah. like Father's sacrifice because <laughs> his shoes were worn out too. So yeah. you're just like Father. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, I didn't I didn't bear any fruit in Fresno, but it was it was like. We were going to the campuses, and it was just over and over and over. You feel like, like as a group, you're so excited, like, oh, yeah. somebody else bore fruit, so you bore fruit. Exactly. It's very- yeah, yeah, that's that's how it is. Exactly. And I I noticed I noticed the difference in the preaching on a short on a short term mission trip than regular preaching, because now that we're on a short term mission trip, we were pushing like the seal of God subject. Like we were not just teaching about mother but we were like going right into the seal of god like if you a world war three is around the corner like we were preaching this to people we were like world war three is around the corner um you know you need the seal in order to be saved you know north korea this north korea that uh we were like going hard on these people like that it was like it was a a notch up of what we were used to doing like used to preaching Back at home, it was more lax. It was like, hey, you know, you believe in God the Mother? You know, have you heard about God the Mother? And you would show them like three or four verses. But and on the mission trip team, it was like a whole different story. We were it's going more urgent. It was well, more I think urgent. it's because they want to get like those foundational members before yes. they leave so that they can yeah. plant them in there. And then from there, they start just popping Exactly, out. exactly. So I saw the Fresno uh, branch I saw them grow from like a house, you know, we would go back and do other short term mission trip. Like we were focused on Fresno. And the whole like, time they're making videos, guys. They're like yeah. recording it all on video. <laughs> People getting baptized in a bus. Yeah. Was it like this? Real, real stuff. No, no, no. no dancing. This no, is like dance. serious yeah. videos. These are yeah, serious we, videos. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was pretty crazy. That was a pretty crazy experience. Um, so what I, year did you finally leave? Can I ask that? I left in 2018. Wow. Yeah. So from from when out, you know, from between high school and when I left, you know, it's when um, I had. So during my last year of high school, I actually isolated myself because the world was ending soon. You know, it was. Mm-hmm. 2012, I summer 2012, I quit football and I just wanted to preach. I mm. quit playing high school football and I went into homeschooling. Mm. So, because I was so like scared and like paranoid of being around the kids in high school, you know, being I was and... being Ted, the temptations, mm-hmm. all that stuff. Like, I was, I was so over. With high, like, I was done. Like I didn't want to go to school. I what's did it. Like, point? what's the world? What's the point? Yeah. Like, right. what's the point? Like, why? Why am I? Right. So, there were, you know, I, I, but right before I started the homeschooling, I wasn't getting good grades. You know, I was, I wasn't doing too good in school because I just wasn't focused on it. I'm like, why? Why should I? Type thing. 
So I did homeschooling and I would just want to preach. Did my did my independent studies and I just want to preach. So I didn't get a prom. I didn't do graduation. I didn't graduate mm-hmm. on on stage. I just got my diploma in the mail. That's mm-hmm. that that was my high school graduation. Mm-hmm. I at least you graduated. Diploma. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was that that was that was a good part. They they did have an they did have an on stage type thing, but it was on a Saturday. Right. So I yeah. you know I couldn't go. So I didn't have a I didn't have that regular like high school life at all. And then afterwards I joined the military. And when I joined the military, that was keep in mind, these are like the first this is like really the first time where I'm like missing a Sabbath because <laughs> I'm in boot camp. I can't go to church. Like Is that allowed? I don't understand how that works. So with the military, it was my own decision. Everybody was telling me not to go. The pastor is telling me, no, don't go. Like, mm. mother doesn't want her children fighting wars, you know. That's what it was. It was everybody was trying to convince me not to go. Mm. And my grandmother was definitely convincing me not to go, understandably so. Right. And I just, I wanted, I, I said, F it. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to go. I'm just going to do it. Because at the time, I didn't have a fervor to go to college. I mean... I understood that even at that time, I'm going to have to do something with my life. You know, this is after 2012. This is after 2012 had happened. I'm going to have to do something with my life. Like, because with 2012, nothing happened. The world didn't end. The world is still here. 2013 comes around. We're just, you know, a lot of people had actually left because of that. But we're still going through our normal run-of-the-mill Sabbath or day preaching. It's just an endless cycle. 2014 comes around and they're talking about the year of jubilee <laughs> they're talking about they're talking about yeah this is the year the year of jubilee is when the slaves go back to their home country so we're like you know are we doing this again we're right. doing this again in the, in the back of my in the back of my mind i'm not trying to show this but i'm like right. we're doing this right. again all right we're right. doing that's like know. all stacking up in your mind like all these little yes all these little adding things up. Right. adding up little by That's little just like a common theme that i'm hearing you guys all kind of say is that the the 2012 happened and then with the year of jubilee thing yeah yeah that was that was the so theme of 2014 like what is happening right now and you guys were like i don't want to do this all over again yeah <laughs> we're exhausted by then we're like exhausted mentally <laughs> so exhausted. you know we're, we're i'm i'm just like and then at the end of 2014 i'm like man the world's not going to end. I'm like, the world's not going to end. So I'm like, let me just, you know, let me do something with my life. I'm joining the military. Um, even though I was told not to, I was just at the fuck it phase. Like, yeah. fuck it. I'm just going to do what I want to do. You know, so I go in the military and during, I, I finished boot camp. You know, my family comes out, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Um, and I go to AIT. I'm in, I'm in my job training in Virginia. <clears throat> At this time, it was a right around Passover, actually. So I had to um, message my missionary, like, hey, uh, how do I keep Passover by myself? So he gave me, like, all these instructions, all these instructions, like a, a page full of instructions on what to do. Mm. And to be quite honest, <laughs> I didn't do a lot of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was like, let me just get my grape juice. Let me just get the whatever bread they're telling me to get. And right. you know, they were giving Long me like, they were trying right. to say like, you have to get this specific 
grape juice. You have to get this specific right. bread. Like it was like, what? I don't even have access to that stuff. I'm right. on a military base. Like <laughs> I can't even go out. <laughs> right. You know, so a lot of the stuff I couldn't do. Um, but I, of course, I told them you that did I your did. best. I'm sure that you did yeah. your top top best. I I did my best. Um, but I mean, at the time I was, I mean, I was keeping service by myself and, but I was like a lot of this, a lot of the times I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go, I'm just going to go hang out with my friends. I didn't even keep service a lot of the times I was like, I was kind of like, this is what it feels like. This is what it feels like to live like a normal life kind of. Finally being exposed to the outside world because you've never really been out. Yeah. It was my, really my first exposure on my own. Right. And so I come and so after AIT in Virginia, I I visit I come visit LA, you know, I um I I marry the girl that you know this is this is a whole other story in itself and maybe some other time I'll share yeah, it. Yeah, I I ended up marrying the 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 girl that I met in church in the LA church. I ended up marrying her and then I was stationed in Washington state. I was like 45 minutes south of Seattle. So we um we went up to we moved up to 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 Seattle to Washington and that's when I start going to that's you know I start going to church again I start um you know me I meet all the members there but I was so exhausted with everything I was doing in the military like there was there was actually a period of time of I want to say like three four months where I just didn't go I just didn't have the energy like to drive. 45 minutes to an hour up to up to church every single third day and Sabbath day. <laughs> My wife was doing it. Like she was like she was strong in the faith at the time. And she would always, you know, like pray for me. You know, at the time I, I still believed or whatever, but I I I grew like this um shameful feeling in myself. Like I don't I don't even like the, it's weird when you don't go for a while. Like you said, like there's a part of you that doesn't still doesn't want to show your face. Like you don't, because you're gonna feel all that judgment on you, mm-hmm. you know. So when the feet, when the feast time roll around, I actually do go back, and I think it was like the autumn feast or something where we're like preaching. So I'm like, you know, oh well, I guess I, I'm back into it. I'm back in the, I'm back in the flow. Like I'm, it feels like you're either a hundred percent in or you're not. Exactly. So it, yeah. it's interesting because. <laughs> when I was when I was in that stage of just being exhausted, I mean, I would I would I would um I was going, but I wasn't really there mentally. And my group leader there, he asked me like it was a, it was a Sabbath. He was like, hey Jordan, let's, let's go preaching. And I said, nah. <laughs> I actually told him no. <laughs> That was like the that was like the only the like, first time I ever said like no to something like that. That's I was, unheard of. Yeah. I was like. Nah, I was like, nah, I was, just, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I wasn't feeling it. So I, I was gone for like a, a few months, and then I came right back into it. And then I'm going full on. I'm like, 110. I'm, a, I'm 110 percent in. I'm, I'm preaching again. I'm doing preaching practice. I'm teaching new members again. You know, so I'm like back in the flow. And then we move. I get out the military. I move back down to LA. And within a couple of weeks, um, they make me a group leader. Mm. I'm a group leader in, in in the LA church with, and this is like one of the main churches in in you know in America, and I'm a I'm a youth group leader, 
the youth group, which was from the ages of 18 to 30. So I have 25 members under my belt, under under me, and this is how it happened. So the deacon that was my group leader when I moved back to L.A., one, one preparation night, one Friday night, he called me. He was like, hey, brother, you know, I'm actually getting sent out to this, you know, this house church. And pastor um, called him and said, yeah, you know, call it, call it, you know, Jordan. And yeah, he's going to be the new group leader for your group. And we were called the Soldiers of Melchizedek. <laughs> that was our group name. Um, and yeah, he called me up. He was like, yeah, I had, he told me the day before I was actually starting to be a group leader. Like, I didn't, like, what do I, like, you know, like, what do I do type thing? Like, I, I had no clue. I had, I had somewhat of a clue, you know, like what to do, but I was like, man, this is like the highest, it's like a highest leader. It's like a group leader. And then underneath that, you have like a lot of members and then you have like a unit member, a unit leader and like a group leader might even like be in control of a unit leader and like their members too. It's like this whole chart and everybody has members, but like a group leader is like the top leader and it's like the most pressure. Yeah. It's, you have a lot. I was introduced to a whole nother world right. when it came to being in the church. I'm right. this, this was, this was like, ooh, like crazy. Like I'm now I'm, I'm a, a leader over like t- 25 members. And out of those 25 that are on my roster, about 10 or 11 of them come every Sabbath, every, mm-hmm. every third day. And they're strong. They're pretty strong members. So I'm thinking like, man, what do we read in the morning? You know, because after an, in between every service, like you're with your group, like there's no you have doing to make a curriculum and a plan for them and keep them yeah. busy all day long. You can't <laughs> let them out of your sight. <laughs> and I'm I'm like I'm like I'm like 21. Like and you're uh, like eating lunch together. Like you don't yeah. let them sit with other members. Like everybody has to be oh, together as a group. It's crazy like, when you look back at it, huh? So crazy. I'm like 20, 21 years old, mm-hmm. and I got members who are like older than me, obviously, you know. And but the, they were pretty cool. They actually, I usually in that type of situation, you would get some resentment or something, right? You would be like, why, why is he grouped? You know. But I didn't get any of that because I was, I was. Cl- they, they know I've been in this church for a long time. They know I know my stuff. Like, right. I, I had completed all five sermon books i i reason why you're a group leader like you had done all these good things to put you up to a good status with the members you can't become a group leader if you don't know all the 50 subjects if you if you haven't you haven't bear born fruit like yeah members have to like you exactly you a group member a group leader a group leader um one time i was and i really hated it yeah i really hated it (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a lot goes into it's it. It's a lot so, of pressure. It's a lot. So for a good, because then you have to have presentations, and you have to like, you know, um, like explain how your members are doing. If only eleven are coming for service, where is the rest of them? Why aren't they coming? You know, you're responsible for their faith. Exactly. You're you're their like shepherd. Yeah. Like literally, you're, you're their, their shepherd. shepherd. Literally, mm-hmm. like you're you're telling them where the, where to go. Like. <laughs> You know. You're, I, after service, we're gonna go in this room and we're gonna watch this video. You know, so mm-hmm. be there. You, know, you gotta be on time. Mm-hmm. And 
You're yeah, rebuking you're, people too. I'm rebuking people. Like, <laughs> oh I yeah. Like that though. I didn't. I did not like. I didn't that. like that either. No. I rarely rebuke. I. Yeah, me too. I probably like once or only like once or twice that I ever rebuke someone, somebody, and even like my rebuking wasn't like harsh. It was like, okay. I'm just, I'm telling you how it is, and whether you like it or not, this is how it is, bro. Like, right. Right. <laughs> you know, that's that's how I was. And with becoming a group leader, there was so much I was, it was so many new things. Like I had like every, so we were on a rotation um, who was cooking for all the members. So each group, so in, on the Sabbath, you have a lunch and you have dinner. So there's a group cooking lunch and there's a separate group cooking dinner. So we were on a rotation. So I want to say like maybe once a month or once every month and a half. My group was chosen to cook dinner, and there's so much that goes. You have to get the funds. You have to make sure everybody's contributing, like at least like twenty dollars. Like, if we're gonna if we're gonna feed everybody in this church, I'm gonna need at least like three hundred and fifty to four hundred dollars every time because we yeah. gotta go to restaurants. A lot of people. Yeah, we mm-hmm. gotta go. We gotta go. I, my favorite thing was making meatball sandwiches. Meatballs, I was man, you couldn't tell me anything. <laughs> yeah, it was good food. We weren't like making yeah. no like sloppy food. We were making a good yeah. food. Yeah. So we got yeah. some like we got some like hot like crispy bread. We would make the meatballs. We we would get the, the mozzarella cheese. We would make a salad on the side. Like that was my thing. <laughs> that that I would do like with my group. We would do that. We made we made burritos one time. It was it was it was pretty cool, but the the pressure that goes into it like the the quantum of the of the church was like would always come up to me like is is it ready like are you guys ready you guys have the funds you know at the time you know my my son at the time he was like barely born he was like one years old two years old i'm running around doing all these things you know the the cooking like the cooking whatever we did it you know i'm going i'm going preaching every night um I'm, you know, doing all this stuff with the members. We're getting, we're getting together on Sunday. We're doing preaching practice. We're going out preaching. Like, I'm like, it was really hard to like spend any time with like my family, <laughs> you know? So even throughout that time, like there was like a, a rocky relationship between me and my wife and, you know, trying to, trying to balance out like okay, spending family time and then doing things for the church. So that like kind of, put a lot on me at such a young age and combined with the fact that as a group leader I was I was new to like every month we had we had like a monthly report type thing <clears throat> we will make a powerpoint every single month and the the things that were shown were who's tithing who's preaching and who's attending those were the three main points so as a group leader, I record attendance. I record everybody's attendance. Yeah. You know, I'm because the, all this is going to the head office. All this is going to straight to Korea. All this data. So I'm recording who's here, who's late, right? Oh not yeah, there's that, late. <laughs> not not only that, but the first time I had to do it was the the first time that that we had a one of those monthly meetings. Um, we were supposed to check uh, who's tithing. Some I go up to the this one uh, deacon who's also a group leader. I'm like, hey, so how do we find out who's tithing? Do we just ask? You know, do we just go up and ask him? You know, just go off the honor system or something like that? And he was like, no, you just look. You just look in your envelope. <laughs> no, he he was like just plain like plain and simple. Yeah, just 
Just look in their envelope. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> you know what he's talking about? Envelope, Lindsay? You look confused. Um, yeah, like at, like at church where they're like. So there's the tithing envelope. And, and everybody has their own with their own name on it. Yeah. I think maybe we talked about that. Even the babies. Even the babies. So Even at, the babies have an envelope. Okay, as soon as you're born. As soon as you're baptized, I guess. Yeah. So everybody has a tithing envelope, has their name. And when you pull out, when you pull the paper out, the envelope, it folds like three times. So you open it up and you see like uh, there's a there's a graph. There's like a chart of like month and like uh, the dates that they um, the Sabbath dates that they provided funds that they gave that they gave money. And it's supposed to be 10 percent. So it's 10 percent. So I'm looking I'm like looking at everybody's envelope and I'm like, oh, this this is 10 percent. This is 10 percent of his income. I'm like. I'm like thinking about like, oh, this is how much you make, like, <laughs> you know. Well, you no, know, it's so personal. Like you're it's able to personal. see that. It's so personal, and you feel bad going into their envelope, but you're like, I need this information. Oh, so that's based off of the honor system, right? Or do you have to yeah. like red pay stubs? It's you. Well, I mean, you you give ten percent, but like, like if I open somebody's envelope and it said they only gave five dollars this month, then I know that's not ten percent, and I yeah. know their faith isn't good. So I'm gonna say, oh, they didn't tithe. Yeah, oh. so you mark it down as they did in tithe. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but how do you, but did like when they join, do they give you their um, bank statements or like their oh. pay? No, 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 no. no. The set. Like they have to tithe enough where it's not fishy. So as a group leader, you're, you're. Usually you're tithing like to yeah. the penny. Yeah, most yeah. definitely. Or you're as, rounding up. We, we would round up. As a group leader, you're, you're, you're supposed to know about your members. Like. You know what they do for work, like yeah. all this stuff. So oh, if yeah. you know, I know everything. If you know what they do for work and they're tithing like five, ten bucks, like come on, bro. Like right. <laughs> And then not... you have to tell them and then you have to talk yeah. to them and be like, Why aren't you tithing fully? Let's study about tithing. It's like this is so awkward. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how you did that. That is so yeah. not your personality. I, I, felt I know so it's like, like you dissociate, right? Like you're a different person, you're your cult person. Jordan, I feel like we can have you on for like 700 episodes. Oh, for sure. There's there is it's so much. It's so much. You want to um come on again? For sure. I want to say what I just shared is like you know being a group leader. There were that's what kind of like opened my eyes to see that this was like a business. Right. Like me being a group leader, like the church shouldn't have made me a group leader. Cause I was able to see like, this is like, this is like a business yeah. you know, we're making, we're making monthly reports, you know, we're, we're keeping track, we're keeping track of who's giving money, how much money, how who's attending, like all this. It was so like, like, uh, articulate structural, like it was, it was so strict, like down to the T, like everything had to be in order. There was a, there was a specific order on how everything had to be and that just didn't seem like you know, god really wants it like this like right. really, <laughs> really? I always felt like wouldn't god know if i'm at service or not like why do you need to take attendance wouldn't god know but but when you ask them they say it's because everything recorded on earth is also recorded in heaven <laughs> yeah. right whatever is written on earth is written it's in written heaven, heaven. Yep. That's why everything has to be reported, has to be recorded, and all that. Yeah, it's very, very, um, very extreme. Super yeah. extreme, I would say. I'm really glad that you were able to see that once you were a group. Oh leader, yeah. Once I saw that, it was, 
you know, another year went by and then I just got like burnt out, you know, just the, the, everything was just being a group leader. So I, I, I stepped down from being a group leader. Um, and I just, up to the time when I left, I was kind of there, but I wasn't there. Like I was mentally checked out. Um, what was it like to step down? Just really quick. I'm curious. That, that, that sounds was terrifying. Like, <laughs> I was, I, it was understandable for, for myself and a lot of, and, and for others, because I wanted to spend more time with like my son. Right. And there were times on the Sabbath where, cause they have like the children's section and they had like the, where the mommies would be. And I was just talking to my wife about this not too long ago. Um, we were like during the Sabbath, I, you know, I had, I had my group watching a movie and I just stepped out. I had just stepped out the room and I was like, you know, let me just go, let me just go chill with my wife and son for a little bit. You know, they're in the mommy's area when they're with their children. So I would start going there a lot. Like just, just, I would get away from it, from everybody. Um, I was just been able to, I was able to spend time with my son, you know, able to chill and talk to my wife, you know, I was like the only male, like I was only, I was like the only like husband going over to do that. <laughs> I was going over, I was just, yeah. you know. Just, and it just, probably was not, not, I mean, they probably didn't like that. They, they didn't like that too much. I mean, there was even one time where I was, I was teaching a new member. I, I was, I was, I was um, doing like a few studies with him and then we were done. And then I had left him by himself, which is a complete no, no. It's like, mm -hmm. and then I, I had got rebuked for that. Even the, like the missionary rebuked me for that, but I had left him by himself. And as I was getting rebuked for it, I was like, this is a grown person. This is a grown ass man. Like, does he really have to be attend like um does he do i have to be with like i know the church teaches you have to be with them like you can't leave them alone but just logically thinking like do i really have to be with this person 24 <laughs> 7 like right i, I have something else to do i need to do something i need to be <laughs> like, with my kid yeah i want to go see yeah. my son i just yeah so that's what kind of pushed me to like step down and i mean it like um it was kind of humbling too you know because people saw you as a group leader and now you're not you know so yeah. something's wrong with your face type thing right and i remember one instance i had grew like some facial hair or something i had grew like this little thing right here and i had <laughs> it was it was like maybe a month or two before i left but like one brother was like oh you have oh haha you have facial hair like just joking at it like and i was just like yeah, I'm going to hell. Yeah, haha. <laughs> cuz I have facial hair. Duh. Like <laughs> wow. You know cuz it was like men could but the brothers couldn't have facial hair. Like that mm -hmm. was not were it was not looked it was it was frowned upon. Right. Um so yeah, at, at the end of that it was just like yeah, like the just trying to uh, come to a conclusion now. It was the autumn feast of 2018. It was the feast of trumpets. And it was the first, it was like the first, um, it was the first day of the Feast of Trumpets. It was, because, you know, after that, then you have the evening and 5 a.m. worship, right? But that day, I just didn't even show up. <laughs> like, my my grandmother was calling me, my wife was calling me. Um, like, why? I just, I was like, I just don't feel like going, you know, I'm not feeling well right now. Um, and yeah, I just, I, that was the last time I ever went. Or that was like the, that was the Sabbath before that was the last time I ever went. And that was the end of it. Like it, from that point on, 
it was like a dark it was i was like isolated i isolated myself i was i was doing bad at work like i was down in the dumps like i was just it was a really weird time for me like i i just ripped off a band-aid like you know just ripped it off childhood yeah so i was like something happened to me something you know something you know something gonna like is something gonna happen to me am I, you know am i gonna get struck by lightning or is something bad gonna happen car accident yeah yeah something you know and it, you know i want to say it was like fall of 2018 until like april of 2019 where i put out my first video and that did wonders for me because i finally got to release all this like tension and you know this this dark buildup of the you know from the time i left between the time i left to the time i released my first video there it was not a it was not a healthy time for me like this i was it was i can't even really remember a lot of it you know but once i once i started speaking out and like helping people and like looking at other videos it was there's more there's more i can go into is um but I can go into next time, but it it, it definitely helped me. And I, I think that would be a great like second part to this is coming yeah. back and talking about like that process afterward. Mm-hmm. Oh, you've done so much after that. I think mm-hmm. that, I think we should do a second episode and definitely come back to that because I feel like I also have a bunch of other questions to ask you. Too. Yeah, for, for sure. sure. <laughs> I think that's perfect. So this episode is like his whole journey of you know his life in the church and then the next episode could be about healing does that sound good to you jordan yeah that does yeah yeah because i still have like two hours worth of stuff i want to ask me too too. yeah there's lots to unpack watch your youtube videos uh i the first one i ever put out i i haven't rewatched that one ever um but the ones that the, the group ones that we do like the the zoom the zoom meetings that i had to have on my yeah. channel like i rewatched those those are pretty yeah, cool those are fun yeah you, as an experiment you should go back and rewatch your first yeah. YouTube video and just see how you feel and like how far you've come or oh you know, for, sure. for sure for sure are awesome Jordan, I'm excited. do you want me to put a link to your youtube videos on this episode yeah. or no? i need to hear about the youtube world and that whole thing yeah that All right, guys. <laughs> Lots of impact. Yeah. Lots of impact. Yeah, yeah. Stay <laughs> tuned for our next episode. 2022, guys. This is our year. Woo! It's our year. It's Thank you, Jordan. We're going to talk to you again for part two. For sure. All right. How should we end this episode, though? I feel like it should have an ending. Boom, baby. Boom, baby. What should we talk about <laughs> right before we end? To be continued. <laughs> all right jordan we're gonna talk to you next time all right for sure you guys talk to you soon about healing can you can you end it with boom boom baby yeah (laughs) boom baby bye all right guys bye bye